what we're looking at today is Jesus saying that he is the way, the truth and the life. We're looking in particular at John chapter 14 and verses 4 through to 6. As I was saying, in the previous chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ had been telling his disciples that he would soon be leaving them. This is Jesus who'd been with them for three and a half years. They'd come to trust in him completely. They loved him. They knew that he loved them. And the prospect of the Lord's departure deeply troubled the disciples. So in John chapter 14, Jesus comforted them by explaining that he was going to prepare mansions in his father's house in heaven. We saw that in verse 2. And Jesus told them that they would be reunited with him. We saw that in verse 3. Coming to today's considerations, we see in verse 4 that Jesus told his disciples that they knew the way. Then in verse 5, Thomas butted in and said to Jesus, We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? In other words, Thomas said, How can we know the way? We don't even know where you're going. For Thomas and the other disciples, the penny had not dropped. That Jesus would very soon lay down his life at the cross, as a sacrifice for sin, for their sins, for the sins of all who would come to trust in him, and that he would rise from the dead, and that he would ascend to heavenly glory. The penny had not dropped. At that point, Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. First of all, we can consider Jesus saying, I am the way. In the conversation that took place between Jesus and his disciples, the dominant word was way. For example, look at verses 4 to 6 again. See how often you see that word way. I'm going to emphasise it every time I read it. And whither I go, ye know, and the way... Ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. When Jesus said, I am the way, let's consider what Jesus was not saying. He was not saying that he would tell them the way to get to heaven that he would give them heaven's postcode to enter into their satnav, or that he would give them the coordinates to plan their journey to heaven on an ordnance survey map. Jesus was not saying those things. When Jesus said, I am the way, no man cometh to the Father but by me, he was saying that he is the only way to reach God, to reach heaven. There's only one way of reaching God and heaven, and that is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I still remember something that a, a, a dear old lady, a friend of mine in London said to me. She got herself in a spot of bother at a funeral service she went to. Um, I think, yeah, it was her father's funeral service. He'd become a Christian very sh- shortly before he died. And anyway, she was delighted, of course, that her father had received Jesus for the forgiveness of his sins. And because it was just before he died that he he became a Christian, he didn't belong to any church. And the funeral service was taken by the local Anglican vicaress. And she did not give a gospel message at all. What she did, of course, do is... um, mention John chapter 14 and verse 6 I am the way, the truth and the life you'll get this at most funeral services and it's something that is said to everybody so that everyone can leave the funeral service thinking well that's nice when I die after a life of sin I can go to heaven (laughs) there's a mansion waiting for me there But anyway, my dear old friend, she wasn't happy with the way things were going in the service. And there was no gospel message at all. And in the end, she just couldn't stop herself. And uh, she went to the front and she said, look at verse 6. I am the way Jesus was saying that he is the only way. Something that I'm trying to impress upon you now. And my friend, she felt compelled to let people know that. She didn't want people going away thinking that it was automatic. You die and you go to heaven. Because there are people who deny God, or they may acknowledge some kind of God, the God of their imaginations, their God that they've made for themselves and uh, they'll acknowledge heaven. And, uh, well, heaven is just waiting for them. But Jesus said, I am the way. She got into bother with the lady vicar after the service, but I don't think it bothered her too much at all. So, let me give you an example of how Jesus is the way and the only way to heaven. Jacob, who was the grandson of Abraham, had a dream. In Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12, it is written, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. So you get that. Jacob, he, he's, he's lying down on the desert floor. He's got a stone for a pillow. The ceiling is the sky with all the stars, a multitude of stars in the sky. And he goes to sleep and he sees that ladder reaching up to heaven with the angels ascending and descending the ladder. Over 1,700 years after that dream, Jesus came down from heaven into this sin-sick world and when he began his earthly ministry, he declared himself 
to be the fulfilment of Jacob's dream. Let me show you what I mean. We see it to be the case in John chapter 1, verse 51, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus is the Son of Man who reaches up to heaven for people like you and like me. People who don't deserve to go to heaven but who very much deserve to go to hell because we have sinned against God, a holy God. What you all need to fully appreciate is that there is only one ladder reaching up from earth to heaven, one way to the Father, and that is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. No other way. As the man who is God, you might think of Jesus when he was lifted up to die on that wooden cross, as the sacrificial lamb of God, as reaching down to sinful people like us, and reconciling us to a holy God who is in heaven. You've probably seen it on the little um, the, the little Bible tracks, the, the, the cross of Jesus bridging that gulf, bridging that unbridgeable gulf between sinful man and a holy God. Well, that's how it is. Jesus is. We... we no man comes to the Father except by me. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting in Christ alone. Let's move on. Not only did Jesus say, I am the way, he said in verse 6 that he is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And it's because Jesus said that he was the last two things there, that he is the truth and the life. It, it was because Jesus was able to say, I am the truth and the life, that he was able to say, I am the way. If Jesus was not the truth and the life, then he would not be the way. Think about it. Let's now look at Jesus as the truth. In the Bible, God has described homosexuality as an abomination which means that it is a disgusting thing despite all that the western world in particular has been busy legalizing and embracing same-sex marriage and bible believing christians incur the wrath of the world if they dare to speak up against these things But you know what? It is not just homosexuality that God has declared to be an abomination or a disgusting thing. According to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. I sometimes wonder what that really means. Lying lips are an abomination, a disgusting thing to the Lord. Does that mean the lies or the actual person? It's the lying lips. So I don't think God thinks much of the person. It's not just the lies. It's not just the sin. It's the sinner. 
You know, forget this idea that God loves the sinner, he just hates the sin. That's not how it is. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Even so, people lie in order to cover up all the sinful and shameful things that they do. People lie and make excuses for not doing what they should have been doing. People lie in order to protect others who have done evil. People lie in order to look good and to impress others. People lie perhaps on their CV in order to advance their careers. People often lie as they flatter one another. To be quite honest, I think Christians are particularly good at that. The old flattery. People lie when they exaggerate. People lie when they fill in their tax returns. And so it goes on. I'm sure I've caught everybody in one of those there. And when you are reading or listening to a news report, you often have to take it with a pinch of salt. Realising that news agencies, they have biases. As such, the news that you receive may be short on truth or it may be exaggerated. They may have put a spin on it. Or it may be an outright lie. The fake news, it's a reality. There is a lot of fake news out there. A lot of lies. There is not one person in here who has not told fibs, white lies, big lies and whoppers. Everyone lies from the least of least to the greatest, including and especially our leaders. You probably know some of the jokes such as, trust me, I'm a politician. That's a joke. Or, when can you know that a politician is lying? When his lips move. Pretty sad really, the jokes, but this is a sad reality that even our leaders lie. The people who should be setting an example for the rest of us. Despite the fact that lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, the world revolves on an axis of lies and deception. And it has done so ever since the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness in the Garden of Eden. By way of contrast, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, the Lord Jesus Christ declared himself to be the truth. That is an amazing statement in this world of lies where we, we, we are lie from head to toe. Jesus says, I am the truth. Jesus is the fount and the embodiment of pure, undefiled, unadulterated truth. It's as a Christian, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one, I love that word truth. I probably didn't think much of it before I became a Christian, but I love the word truth. Why? Because it immediately reminds me of Jesus. Because Jesus is truth. It becomes a beautiful word when you're a Christian. As John said of the Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 1 
verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's Jesus, full of grace and truth. Jesus cuts through all our lies, our deception, our pretenses, our phony ways, our hypocrisies, the mask and the cloak of respectability that we walk through that door with. He cuts through the whole lot and everything is laid bare before Jesus who knows the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of each one of us in here. We can kid each other, but we cannot kid Jesus, the one who is the truth. As such, no one would ever naturally want to have anything to do with Jesus. And people hate him because he is the truth. They hide, as it were, their faces from him because he is truth. We can see in the Bible how sinful people respond to the truth, to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a couple of references here. You don't have to turn far. If you want to keep your finger in John 14 and turn back to chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 39 and 40. Look at those two verses. They answered and said unto him, unto Jesus... Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. The Jews, those religious Jews, they wanted to kill him. They didn't just hate him. They wanted to kill him because he came with the truth from God. And even if the unconverted person doesn't show it, they are no different. Don't imagine for one moment that these people, these religious Jews, somehow or other, their hearts were even more nasty and horrible than everyone else's hearts. It's not like that. The unconverted heart, the person who is not trusting in Jesus, if if Jesus came in 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 here now... I would hazard a guess that you would want to kill him if the restraints were taken away. God, who restrains each one of us by his grace, if he took those restraints away, Jesus walked in here now, you would you would just want to kill him because you would be doing the lusts of your father, the devil, who was a liar from the beginning, if indeed you, are, you do not belong to Jesus. Look at chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. As again, this is anyone who does not belong to Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar 
and the father of it. Little wonder the Bible tells us that the devil is the god of this world. A liar from the beginning, abode not in the truth. It kind of fits together, doesn't it? If you've listened to anything I've been saying about this world spinning, revolving on an axis of lies and deceit. Can you see how it is that the devil is the god of this world? And how you, if you are not trusting in Jesus, you are his loyal subjects. Shortly before Jesus was crucified, the Roman governor Pontius Pilate asked him, what is truth? Can you imagine that? Pilate standing and facing the truth. And he said, what is truth? Of course, the answer to that question is not to be found in a book of, on philosophy or psychology or any other ology. The answer is right here in John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the truth. Next time, next time some um, clever person asks you, what is truth? You point them to John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the truth. Instead of falling prostrate in repentance at the feet of the truth, Pontius Pilate handed him over to be put to death by crucifixion. He rejected the truth. And by rejecting the truth, he rejected eternal life. How tragic. What about you? Do you believe that Jesus is what he said he is, the truth? If you want truth, Jesus is the truth. Do you believe it? If your answer is yes, I believe that Jesus is the truth, then I trust you will believe the following words which were spoken, uh, which are written rather, in Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 and 28. This is what it says. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, the truth, said this. Drink this cup, all of it, for this is my blood, the blood of the New Testament, shed for the forgiveness of sins. Speaking about the cross, pouring out his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe him? The one who said, I am the truth. If you do believe that Jesus is the truth and that he spoke the truth, then what have you done about it? Have you repented of your sins, including your abominable, disgusting lies? And have you trusted in the truth? Are you one of the many who have received forgiveness for sins, having trusted in the one who said, I am the truth? By the grace of God, may each one of you be able to declare from a faith-filled heart, 
I found the truth in Jesus, the one so dear to me. It, it is that through his precious blood, he, my fettered soul is free. And though I sought it far and wide, I knew no peace within until I found the crucified who cleansed my sin. Let's now look at what else Jesus said in verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and he also said, I am the life. I am the life. As the one who is the life, Jesus upholds and sustains the whole of creation by the word of his power. According to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, he upholds everything by the word of his power. In other words, he brings forth and he bears all things by the mere utterance of his omnipotent will. He is the creator God. God manifest in the flesh. The one who said, I am the life. Jesus upholds, sustains all things and that includes every one of you in here. Jesus upholds you. Jesus, who is the life, has given you life. He has brought you forth from your mother's womb. Also, thank Jesus for every breath that you breathe and every morsel of food that you eat. Thank Jesus, the one who is the life. Furthermore, Jesus, who is the life, is the giver of everlasting life to all of his blood-washed sheep. They, having believed that he bare away their sins at Calvary's cross. As Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 28, I give unto them eternal life. Jesus gives to those who believe in him eternal life and they shall never perish. These are the one, these are the ones whom Jesus has gone to prepare mansions for. Finally, do you have a place reserved for you in hell? Or has Jesus gone to prepare a place for you in his father's house? Before answering that one, consider the following questions. Jesus is the only way to God. Are you on that journey, having first trusted in Jesus as your saviour from sin? Jesus is the truth. Do you believe him or are you living a lie? Because I don't think I'm going too far if I say that if you're not trusting in Christ, you are living a lie. Your whole life is a, your whole life is a sham. It's one big lie. It's meaningless. And you really need to cry out to God for mercy. Jesus is the life. Are you still dead in your sins? Or has Jesus raised you up? to everlasting life with a promise that you will be with him and you will behold his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father the one who is full of grace and truth Amen